Well, thank you for joining us for Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and today we go on another journey as we study the Word of God. And we're going to continue the, the uh, talk that we've had over the last uh, three sessions about the Bible, words to live by. And we believe that the Word of God is the infallible, unerring Word of God that is truth that will set you free, that will um, bless you, that will heal you, that will deliver you. But also, we must understand that the Bible in the wrong hands, the Bible in an unlearned hand, where we take words out of context, where we take the Word of God, and uh, the Bible can be used as a weapon, as many have done in the past for uh, evil intentions. But when we approach it with a heart to uh, to hear the Word of God, it's preached by those who are called and those who are appointed by the Father, that they that we hear what the Spirit says to the church. And it is our job as believers to search out the Scripture. Whenever we hear anything, whenever you hear me speak on this podcast or any person, whether it's person on the radio or tape or, or uh, uh, whatever the taping may be, take the time to read the Scriptures and go behind that minister and just study the Word for yourself. For the Scripture says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So it's up to us to study the Word. For the Bible is, the, 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 the words that are within it, they are words that we can live by with confidence when we hear. And the word will, it will, uh, we will agree. The word of God will, 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 will agree with the spirit that's within us. That yes, this is truth. Yes, this is life. For that's what Jesus said. He, came, he said, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. That life comes and is birthed in us. By the hearing of the word of God. For the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So today we're going to talk about problems and answers. And many times all of us are going to have uh, situations where we are um, uh, consider ourselves in the dark. And uh, there are scriptures that speak to that. How that even in 1 John 2, 1 John, uh, 1 John 2.20 says that we know all things but we have an unction from the Holy One. But someone said, well, what does that mean? It means that when we are when we are as believers and we receive the spirit of God, we have access to the spirit of God, which will lead and guide us, as the scripture says, to all truth. So when a problem arises, a situation arises, we should always go to the Lord, go to the go to the Lord in prayer, go to the word of God and see what it has to say about it. And go to trusted advisors, people who you, you know are seasoned in the word. But most of all, we all must be studiers and students of the word. Not just uh, have the cliche, well, I heard that before. But sooner or later, you're going to need uh, a word that will, that will give you wisdom. We all should study to get understanding in the wisdom of the word that will be kept within our hearts. When I, and, and when the time of need comes... We will have the, the, uh, the weapons that Ephesians 6 talks about, about how that, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not calm. In other words, they're not fleshy. We don't fight with our hand. We don't fight uh, uh, the armies of the world. But we know there is a principality and there is an evil one that desires to destroy us. And one thing I've, I've heard in the, uh, in the armed forces, they said that many times as they, as they, as the, they go fight the enemy, in many wars... Uh, many times the opposing forces would shoot to wound. 
because they discovered that, you know, yes, they wanted to kill as many of the uh, opposing forces as they could, but they learned if I, if I wound someone, especially American soldiers, we will take four people to take that one out of the battle. So this is many times what the enemy will do. His desire is to wound us so that a wounded person requires support. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't help them, but we all, as believers in the body of Christ, must take the authority and take the responsibility of learning the word of God so that we can become our brother's helper and not only bind up their wound, uh, whether it's spiritual or natural or whatever the case may be, but we take the time out to feed them the word. For this is what will bring and resolve the issues that we have in life. So we're going to start out today uh, in the book of Genesis, first chapter, third chapter rather, first verse. And as we talk about problems and answers, again, there is an evil. There is the devil loose. Uh, there is evil in the world. And we must be again equipped to know how, what should I do when I hear these opposing voices to what I know God has said to me or about me. And again, that's why we must be students of the words, the students of the word of God and understand what does God say to me about this situation? What is he saying? What is the scripture saying about this? So that I can equip myself and in my arsenal, I have a word for the enemy when he comes against me and opposes what the truth has said about me. So again, let's go down to uh, Genesis the third chapter. And we're going to read now about the temptations that came up, came to uh, Eve and uh, Adam as they were in the garden. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had, God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, Yea, has God said, shall you, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And there's a problem here. As we begin to read this chap, this, uh, uh, this first verse, uh, and then into the second, the serpent said, he began to oppose what God has said. And again, any voice, no matter who it comes from, we need to check ourselves. We need to check and say, okay, does this align to what uh, I know Scripture has said? Does this align to what the Bible has said? Because um, I'm going to read you something I wrote down as I begin this, this study. It says, the answer to every issue we face in life is found in God's grace and in His Word. And the, uh, the, 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 when we're talking about the answer for it, the Bible is the answer. But it's the, the key is, what value do we place on the word of God? And what I mean by value, I mean, what place does God's word have in your life? Do we live according to scripture or do we live according to public opinion? Do we form our own opinion and say, well, I know what the Bible says, but I got my own belief. I have, you know, the Bible was good for, uh, I've heard one, form, one former president said that, you know, the Bible is outdated. He said that, no, you, you, we, we know the Bible is good for its time, but it's not good for these times. Because what he was saying was that you cannot take the scripture that was written, uh, as the Bible says, by holy men, they were inspired, they, as they were inspired by the Spirit. He was saying, you know what, the Bible is outdated and unfit for us. 
But I went on to say, and, and, and this thought kid went on to say, knowledge is the key. If you know that, that at the end of every situation that you face, that you win, your struggle is over. Think of it. If you knew that whatever problem may arise, financial or relational or health-wise, and if you could look in the future and see yourself holding the crown as the victor saying, I win, then if you could see yourself as the winner, then the struggle of what you going with what you are going through, you realize and you say, you know what, I'm gonna win at the end of this. You know, the worry leaves. The struggle leaves, and doesn't mean you don't have a fight to, on your hand, but you recognize with confidence, I don't know how this, I don't know, I can't tell you every action that's going to happen in this fight, but at the end of it, I own the trophy because I win. And here in uh, Genesis 3, the, the, the woman, Eve, she, as she began to listen to the serpent and listen to the evil one, she did not value she put value on what the enemy was saying rather than what on God had said she had heard from Adam about how that they should not eat of the tree that was in the midst of the garden but when Satan began to oppose what she knew as truth that's when she must and as we all must say you know this does not align with what God has said but that's what faith is we must have faith in the word and faith in God's word is when we can agree with what the word of God has said. When we agree to the truth that God has revealed to us. And remember, as I quoted earlier, it said, the scripture says, the truth will make you free or rather set you free. It will make you free. But if it's the truth you know that will make you free. If you are, uh, if you are ignorant. And unlearn and don't know what the scripture has said, then you're at the mercy of the enemy because he can tell you anything and, and tell you. And, and again, whenever we hear something that opposes the promises that God has made for us, you know, many times the enemy will tell you that, you know, this last mistake is your fatal mistake. You'll never rise from this. You'll never get that uh, that job. You'll never get your you'll, you'll never uh, have your health. Your child will never get out of jail. Your your relationship will never be uh, rebuilt again because he doesn't. He he's counting on us not either trusting in what we know or that we are ignorant of what God has said. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus said, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the age or to the end of the world." So here when Satan said in the third verse, and rather in the, uh, the fourth verse, and the woman said to, and the, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Now he is again, he's opposing what God said. God told her that if you eat of the fruit that's in the midst of the garden, you will die. And true enough, she didn't die physically, but she died worst of all. She died, she and Adam. When he uh, conceded and gave up his authority and his uh, uh, right to the, to the power that God gave him and gave them, when they did that, they died spiritually. And it took many, many, many years for them to even learn how and, and, and to learn how to die because God had given them, given them life. And when we go against and we oppose what God has said, we then begin to eat of the death that's, that the world has to offer. But again, as I begin to close this, uh, this, this talk about what we're reading here in uh, Genesis 3, we have to know that 
we must oppose every thought. The book of book of Isaiah 55 says the every voice that rises up against, I believe it's Isaiah 54, 17. Let me let me go there. Isaiah 54:17. When the when the prophet begins to speak about how that whenever there's a voice that would rise at any time that would rise up against us, we have to recognize that we must oppose it and stand against it. This is Isaiah 54 and 17. It says, no weapon that's formed against thee shall prosper. Isaiah said, no matter what the enemy may bring against you, he said that weapon is going to fail. And then he says, every tongue that shall rise against thee, in other words, whatever the enemy throws against you, no matter who he uses to bring that evil thought, whether it's evil words that are spoken or evil thoughts that come against you, he said, every tongue, that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Whenever evil thought comes, the way to stop a thought is to speak a word. Try it sometime. Whenever a thought comes, you can't think and speak at the same time. But when that evil thought comes, when that uh, thought of defeat, of loss, of, uh, of, of, of never rising again, we must stand up and oppose it and say, I reject that. Because that's not the life that Christ spoke that Christ spoke unto me when he said, I come that you might have life and that more abundantly. The abundant life means that I live in prosperity in health. I live in prosperity in my relationship. I will live in prosperity in my finances because this is what Jesus said. If you read, if you read along the uh uh, the word, the, the Lord's prayer, prayer rather, in uh, Matthew 6 and Matthew 7, when the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus began to tell them, he said, one of the things he said, thou will be done. A phrase is in the Lord's prayer. Thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And every believer, as you uh, begin to study the word, when and what Jesus said about heaven, heaven is a place of plenty, of abundance. Well, Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth. Heaven is in order. There is no chaos in heaven. There is no brokenness in heaven. There is no disease in heaven. There is none of these things, broken relationships. But relationships are restored when we go to heaven. But that's not what Christ, uh, what his message was. He wanted us to bring heaven to earth. And we do it when we agree with what he said. And we proclaim with the word that Jesus said. Jesus said, I come to give you life. Well, we must receive the life and say, Lord, you promised me life, so I receive what you said. I agree that heaven, and I declare heaven on earth for me in this situation. I'm healthy in heaven. I'm going to be healthy now. I'm blessed in heaven. I'm going to be blessed now. I'm delivered in heaven. I'm delivered now because that's what your word said. So I'm going to read it again. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon that formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue, not some tongue, not some words, not sometimes we're defeated by words and sometimes we're not. But he said, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. And in the latter stage of that verse, Sansa says, for this is the heritage of the servants of God and the righteousness is of me. See, when we are, don't allow the enemy to uh, relegate us to losers, to broken, never recovered, to lost, never to be found, to uh, 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 broke, never to be blessed, to death, never to live again, to 
uh, any of these things that uh, uh, widowed, whatever the case may be, divorced. All none of these things are promised by God, and we know we live in a broke uh, in a in a in a fallen world, even a broken world. But Jesus came to restore, and He did restore. He reclaimed every promise, every blessing that that uh, God had laid out for us, and that the first Adam lost. The Scripture said the second Adam came, and that second Adam was Christ. The first Adam of Scripture says was 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 earthly, and that was Adam and Eve in the garden. And they fail. But the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, came, and he, is rede- he, he, our Redeemer, is of heaven. So he says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Jesus is my righteousness, not, not me. We as believers, no, we're not perfect. No, uh, you'll never find a perfect church. But the perfect one, the Holy Spirit, the, the new spirit resides in us. And the scripture says it is the spirit that is uh, sealed. We are sealed. Our new spirit, that new man that's in Corinthians 5.17 says that old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The new thing that's in us, we have a new spirit. We have a new one that lives on the inside of us and resides on the inside of us. And as we trust God and as we allow the spirit of God to uh uh, uh, reside and live, and 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 uh, as we feed the spirit, we feed our feed our rather our our soulish man, feed him the word of God. For our spiritual man, he's our spirit man. He's well. He's healed. He's whole. He's well. He has uh, the knowledge of God. For that's how God communicates with us. He communicates us th- with us through our spirit. So let's read on now. And these questions that we'll have many times is. Now, number one, don't listen to the enemy. We must know what God has said. Don't add to what don't add to what God has said. Then neither should we touch it. Don't try to. Um, and what Eve said was, God told them not to eat of the fruit in the middle of the midst of the garden. But Eve added to that. She said, neither shall you touch it. God didn't say that. So do not add to what God has said. Then. The last thing I wrote was, don't accept the lie of the evil one. Don't accept the lie that you're not God's child. Don't accept the lie that you're lost and broken, busted and disgusted, and will never have the promises that God... You have the promises already. Every promise for God, for you, the believer, who's been uh, uh, saved, who's filled with God's spirit, every promise of God for you is yes and amen. All right. So we know that God gave Adam in Genesis 1, 26. He gave him authority. He gave him dominion. And uh, Adam was also given innocence. Adam wasn't perfect. He was innocent. He knew nothing about sin. He was given dominion. He was given the power of God. But he also was uh, in, in that dominion. He was given authority. God told him to be fruitful and multiply. He told him he would have power over all the beasts of the field. Everything that's in the earth was subject to Adam. But Adam, but God also gave him that dominion, that the power. He be, Adam became at, like God. Because the scripture said, that God said, we will make man in our image, make man in our image after our likeness. And that likeness was that as God was able to speak and create, so was Adam. Adam spoke and all things listened. 
all living things listen because he was just like God. Read it uh, when you have time, Psalms 8 chapter, uh, starting around the third verse, where it says that who, third verse, who was man that thou art mine from him? Or the son of man that thou would visit him? God was, God's mind is full of you. He's constantly thinking of you. You've heard the scripture in, Je in Jeremiah 29 11. I know the thoughts that I have of thee, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God said, I have good thoughts. Why? Because he wants to make sure that, he, that you know he is the answer. Don't run away from him. Don't neglect him. Whenever we fall, whenever we come, come short, the first thing that uh, the flesh wants to do is to pull away from God. But what we must do is come to him and allow him to give us that nurturing bread, which is the word of God. Continue to eat and feast on the word of God. If you mess up, fess up. Then get up and keep on going down the king's highway. The only way we lose is you quit. You can't win in God if you quit. Because then he has nothing to work with. But if you keep going, if you keep uh, believing, keep praying, keep praying in the spirit, keep reading the word of God, keep trusting him and agreeing that, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to come out. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know by your grace. For Jesus said in uh, the book of Ephesians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient. Jesus is grace. And I've given you that scripture several times about how that the law came by Moses, but grace came by Jesus Christ. Jesus is grace. That's why he could say my grace, because he's felt every feeling, every, the Bible says that we have not a, a savior that has, can't be touched, but he, that can be touched with our feelings. He suffered every, through everything that we would take. What he, what we deserve, he took. And the reward he, he, he earned, we were given. What a merciful and gracious uh, a Savior that would take our sins. Though we did not deserve it. He took what we deserved. And, but we got his reward. Yes, he did. Now let's finish up now. And we talk about what the word of God is. The Bible calls us in, uh, in 1 Peter 1 and 23. I'm going to read that for you real quickly as we uh, wind, time, uh, wind up today. 1 Peter 1 and 23. And it reads. I'm going to start in, in, in verse number 20. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, to the Spirit rather, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently, being born again. We are all born again, not of corruptible seed, the word of, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We were born into the family of God by the seed. And what seed was that? It was Jesus. As he described the uh, um, the grain of corn, how he was put into the ground, and then how it had to die. But when it grew again, it came up out of the ground and it gave a great harvest. Jesus went down in the ground. 
He is the word of God. And the Bible says the word of God is a seed. And this seed is incorruptible because he did no sin. But it says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And now the last scripture we're going to read today is in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. Romans 1 and 16, talking about the word of God and how it is infallible. Uh, Romans 1, 16. This is Paul talking to the Roman church. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He's talking about the gospel, the too good to be true news. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul began to tell the church that if you and if we as believers grab hold to the too good to be true news, that news that says stop focusing on sin and get your focus on the grace and the power of God, which can take you from death to life, from brokenness to wholeness, from slavery to freedom. We don't have to be a slave to the sins of the past, but we can live in a glorious future in Jesus Christ. I hope you enjoyed the word today. And I pray, Father, thank you today as we end this talk. I pray for any who is unsaved that they will hear this word. They will take it, Lord, ingest it, and allow it to wash over them and strengthen them as they go about their daily lives. We trust you, Father, for you are a good God, and you are a God for today and forevermore. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, this is Pastor Eric Hubbard with Journeys in Grace. You may reach us by writing us at uh, Pastor Eric and D at gmail.com. That's P A S T O R E R I C A N D, capital D E E, at gmail.com. Or write us at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Again, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473. Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Be blessed till we meet again.